So we're talking on obedience today. Someone say obedience. Good luck to all of you today. <laughs> Me too. Um, so this isn't in the message. But obedience is hard. I want to show you the fruit of obedience. In Exodus chapter 23, I shared this with the men this week. Men, did you all read it? Thank you. Because I wouldn't tell you to read something if it didn't strike heavy. Here we go. Um, there, the, the Israelites are about to enter into the promised land. And, and the, again, in Exodus, they're being released from captivity. Uh, and this, this portion of Scripture is called Conquest of the Land. Again, it's not going to be on the screen, but just please listen to my voice. If you truly obey His voice, God is talking to a, a, about an angel that's going to lead Israel. If you truly obey His voice and do all I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you. Someone say, before you. Before you and bring you into the land of the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, yeah, come on now. And I will completely destroy them. That's an I will. That's a promise. Wait, you shall not worship their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their deeds, but you shall utterly overthrow them and break their memorial stones into pieces. We have nothing to do with that which is evil. And you shall serve the Lord your God. Here we go. And he will bless your bread and your water. I like some bread and water. I will remove sickness from your midst. I just want to show you the fruit of obedience today. I'll remove sickness from your midst. There will be no one miscarrying or unable to have children in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my terror ahead of you. Remember, we acknowledge that he is terrifying and throw into confusion all the people among whom you come and I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. I will send the hornets ahead of you so that they will drive out these lands. I will not drive them out from you in a single year so that the land will become desolate, but I will drive them out little by little. I will set your boundary from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines. Do you all see these, these promises here? What do they all stem from? Obedience. Y'all ready to jump into it today? Side note, I want to talk to you because I've heard a couple of people. Oh, nice jacket. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the nice jacket. Let me tell you something. I've had a conviction recently. I do so much preparation. I felt like the Holy Spirit whispered to me, let your presentation match your preparation. And so I'm, I'm going to start taking my presentation more seriously. So um, it's not a like a church-wide, oh my gosh, dress code. No, but I'm, I'm going to make sure that I dress for the job that I've been given, and that's to present the gospel. Take it more serious. Oh, look at Eric. Thanks, bro. I appreciate you supporting me. Just letting you know. So you might see more jackets. You might see a little bit more dress shirts. Love you, church. Be blessed. We're going to go do some stuff. We're going to go do some stuff, you know. Quick service. Mark chapter 10, that's where we're going. So if you got your book, we're going to get there eventually. When someone truly sees God, we're in our series, week number three, fear of God. When someone truly sees God, the fear of the Lord will follow. When you catch a glimpse of who he is, when you see him, my goodness, you realize things have to change. 
And that change stems from the fear of the Lord. You might not know how to put what you've felt in the past. You might not know how to identify it. But if you are a believer in the way, the truth, and the life, there has been a point in your journey where you've said, Whoa, God is too great for me to continue to go my way. If you have convinced yourself that you can love God and continue to go your way, that's an interesting conversation that we need to have. And we need to pray for the fear of the Lord. Anyways, the fear of the Lord will follow when you truly see God. Jeremiah chapter 10, please take notes today. I believe that this is going to be some of the most powerful content that we can talk about this week. There is none like you. Someone say that. There is none like you, Lord. None. None. There's no one like him. He is unmatched. Above all. There is none like you, Lord. You are great. Your name is great in might. Who would not fear you, O King of the nations? For it is your due. In other words, it is what he is owed. We ought to give him that fear, that reverence, that awe, and that love. That's how great he is. And for him being that great, that is what he is due, my friends. So nobody can sit here and say, I don't need to fear God. We're not talking about being afraid and cowering. We're talking about the dread that, that comes when you're apart or away from him. But again, there's none like you. And I just pray that throughout this service that you would realize more and more and as we gather throughout the weeks that there is no one like him. And all the way to the end, when you breathe your last breath, I pray that you would realize that there is no one like him. Upon seeing his unmatched character, the love that he shows, the grace that he has, the discipline, the truth, the wisdom that he walks with. When you see his unmatched character and then his marvelous deeds, when you see how he provides, when you see how it makes no sense but he makes a way, when you see how the doctor's report says one thing but you go back a few weeks later and they're like, where to go? When you see that, the heart is then filled with reverence, awe, and love. When you see a love that's different, and when you see a God who can do all things, that's when you're like, wow, I have to give everything. I will give everything up. Not my team anymore. I want to be on that team. Tell of his glory. I love this. This is in Psalm. I love this. Psalm 96. Tell of his glory among the nations. We should be shouting about his character. We should be letting everyone know how good he is, how much he loves, how much he has saved. We should be letting everyone know that he is a forgiving God. He's a just God. He's a wise God. We should tell of his glory to the nations. We should be shouting his wonderful deeds among all peoples. Have you shared your testimony? What life was like before? What Jesus did in that moment? And then how it's changed now? The, our family was lost. We were a mess, addicted, crazy people. And then God came in. I met him in a moment of worship. And that moment changed everything. I felt his presence. I turned away from my past. I was set on a course. No, I was not perfect. But I'm here today with a wonderful marriage. A person who should not have a wonderful marriage, who should not be fruitful, who should be chaotic. I stand before you full of peace and joy. Are you shouting about his marvelous deeds? 
his wonderful deeds among all people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be what, church? Feared above all. Before we step any further, if at any point during the service you have questions, we got people with microphones. We got Tim over here, Emily over here. We got people with microphones that if any point you need any clarity or something pops up in your head, please just raise your hand and make sure you actually, don't give me the little high school hello, because I won't see it. But if you give me the good one, I will, uh, I'll make sure that I can answer it. But he's to be feared above all gods. Above everything else, he is to be revered and we are to be in awe of him. So if I were to put it plainly, and you can read many books, and there's a lot of apologetics, and, and there's a lot of theologians who will give you many different but similar definitions. If I could boil it down to yinzer terms, what is the fear of God? The fear of God is this. Go ahead, you can put this up here. The fear of God is the heart posture, what you feel in your heart, that moment where you dread being apart from our Father or outside of His will. That is the fear of God. To put it so simply and plainly, it's that feeling in your heart when you dread being away from and outside of His will. My son, um, he was with his, his paw, and they went to the zoo. And paw said, all right, Warren, enough with the elephants. And Warren was not done with the elephants. So Pa shimmied over. Hello, hello, we're moving. And he said he saw Warren and it sunk. <gasps> Where's my ball? It's that feeling of being apart from or outside of. His heart sunk. He started to panic and he just ran in circles. Isn't it funny? We start running in circles when we're apart from. But when we're close, we can just enjoy all that we're supposed to see in here. Why do we want to live a life full of panic when we can just enjoy seeing the elephants? Very simple. But that moment of dread kicked in. Oh my gosh. Where's my paw? That's the fear of God. It's the heart posture that dreads being apart from him or outside of his will. I love this. This is in Deuteronomy. It paints it perfectly. It strikes the, the heart posture here. You can put this up here. Deuteronomy 13. You shall follow the Lord your God and fear him. Follow and fear. Yes. You shall keep his commandments. We're going to be talking about obedience. Hello. Listen to his voice. Hey, let me tell you something. God doesn't always shout. Sometimes he whispers. And if you want to hear that whisper... That means that you got to be close. A lot of us are saying, where's God's voice? Why isn't God talking to me? Well, you might be far away, my friend. Draw in, draw close. Serve him and cling to him. I love that, that line, cling to him. Hold fast to him. Don't let go. Good season or bad, you hold on to him with all of your might. The fear of God is the heart posture that dreads being apart from him or outside of his will. We cling to him. Amen, church. And so, before we get any further, I just want to pray with y'all real quick. Would you raise your hand? Let's all say, Jesus. Go ahead, put this up here. Someone say, Jesus. Teach me to have a heart that continues in the fear of the Lord. Yes, please, God. Teach me. Because I love, I love saying, teach me, because this is not natural. Actually, rebellion is probably more natural. And so, church, we need to be taught the fear of the Lord. And then the, to continue in it, that's what keeps us 
in the straight and narrow all the way to the very end to receive the crown of life. You will not get to the end of this race if you do not continue in the fear of the Lord. I will say it that plainly. You will not get to the end of the race if you do not continue in the fear of the Lord. So in Psalm again, David says, come you children, listen to me. And I'm not asking you to listen to Nick Miller today. I'm asking you to listen to the word of God. Amen. My words, my words are, are man. This word, this word is all God. Amen. So listen to the word and I will teach you to fear the Lord. That's what we're going for today. Learning more and more about the fear of the Lord. So we're talking about obedience, and here is the bottom line for today. And uh, again, good luck to everyone sitting here, including myself, because I fall short on this too. But where the fear of the Lord is, if you're taking notes, I want you to remember one thing today. Where the fear of the Lord is, there you will find obedience. 100%. (sighs) uh, we could spin it around or or say it differently like this where there is no fear there will be no obedience it it is the exact they are together and so again when people in the church say well I fear God but you don't obey his commands or you're going your own way it makes no sense makes no sense if you claim to fear the Lord then you are called to obey his commands and, and not obey his commands under some tyranny, your heart naturally wants to obey. Your heart wants to please. And in addition to that, you understand that your obedience lets you see those elephants and giraffes that you dream of seeing. And so we're called to obey, and I hope that we receive some insight and wisdom on obedience today. Here we go. I have a question. This is a fun one. Which one comes first? The fear of God or obedience to God? Someone's saying fear. I love that y'all say that. Yes. Why would I obey anything that I don't have reverence or awe for? Why would I be obedient to that? Why would I do what it says or what this person says? Think about in the army. If I didn't have reverence, awe, and fear of my commander, why would I listen to his commands when bullets are flying by and things are going wild? Why would I follow him into fire? If I didn't fear him, have reverence and awe and honor towards him. If I didn't have fear of him, I'd be like, bro, you can do that. I'm running this way. I need to get home to my wife and kids. But when you have that level of awe and honor and reverence for your leader, you'll go into fire. So I think that fear, if I were to answer this question, is the fear of God that comes first. And I'll I'll give you proof here. This is in Exodus. This is in chapter 20. You can put this up here. I actually shared this week number one, but I want to share it with you again. Exodus chapter 20, 18 through 20. All the people were watching. Moses just received the Ten Commandments. So these people are free. They cross through the Red Sea. He goes up to Mount Sinai. He receives the Ten Commandments. And all the people were watching. And look, they caught a glimpse of God. They saw his character, his unmatched nature. They saw his marvelous deeds, thunders and rumbling, sounds of trumpets. And the mountain began smoking and they said, whatever that is, we follow it. Whoever that God is, we follow it unwaveringly. 
The mountain was smoking, and when the people saw it, they all trembled and stood at a distance. They said to Moses, speak to us yourself, and we will, nope, go back. Speak to us yourself, and we will, think about it, we'll contemplate it. Ah, we might get to it in 2026. I might get to it when I feel like it. Oh, feel. Speak to us yourself. Someone say, we will listen. We will listen. But do not have God speak to us or we will die. They had such a reverence and an awe in that moment. It keeps on going. However, Moses said to them, said to the people, do not be afraid. We're not talking about the scared, for God's on our side. The tidal wave is going this way. Our island is good. Do not be afraid, for God has come in order to test you and in order that the fear of him may remain with you so that you will not sin. <gasps> the word. So that you will be obedient to his commands. I also want to say that while I do believe that that question is absolutely true that we started out with, which comes first, the fear of God or obedience? Obviously, it is the fear of God. But then once the fear of God enters, I will say it like this. The fear of God and obedience are inseparable. They are together forever and ever. You cannot find a person who claims to obey God without them first having the fear of the Lord. And you cannot find someone who says, I fear the Lord, but does not obey God. You can't find it. They are inseparable. They are inseparable. If you claim to fear God, you will be obedient to all things. You will listen when he says move. They are inseparable, my friends. It says in Psalm 128, look, they're together. Blessed are all, all who fear the Lord. I love that word, all. Blessed are all who fear the Lord and who walk in obedience to him. It's not or walk in obedience to him. It's and. They're together. You cannot find one without the other. I don't know why I have this thought rolling around my head. Um, my son, we're, we're working on obedience. We say the word obedience, and I say, Warren, what does that mean? And he'll come up, and he'll tell you, doing what you're told when you're told with a good attitude. <laughs> he says it, doing what you're told when you're told with a good attitude. He's like robotic about it. One of the things that Christians do, us believers, what we do, is we wait until dad gets lividly angry until we finally do. That is not indication of the fear of the Lord when your hand is forced to do what he's telling you to do. What is indicative of the fear of the Lord is when Warren listens the first time. So we're going to be talking about listening the first time. We're going to be talking about doing what he says when he says it and with a good attitude. So why does the church have an obedience problem then? Because let's be honest, I I I'm being serious. Let me just poke the buttons, some of the buttons here today. Emily got up at the beginning of service and said, hey, if anyone's offended, go and let's do some forgiveness stuff. Be honest now, you're in church, don't lie. Who's offended? Oh, no hands. I love it. Y'all are proving my point. You're telling me none of y'all are offended. Not one. Thank you. Krista, thank you for being the one. 
Do you know that she was not telling you to do that because she wanted to pick on you? She's telling you to do that because Jesus told you to do that. Anyone else offended? Anyone else want to join Krista? Thank you, Tim. We all are. Thank Yes, we're being honest. We all are. Can we all just say it? We all are offended in some way, shape, or form. Yes, we are. Someone hurt us the other day. Someone said something sideways. Someone gave us a bad look at the grocery store. And you're like, what you looking at, dog? Someone's done something. I don't know, maybe you're offended at your dad from something that he said in 1996. I'm sorry, what are we talking about here? You're serious. This woman up here, my beautiful wife, reads a scripture that is applicable to each and every one of us. And we got three hands going on in the room. You see what I mean about we talking about an obedience problem here? Let's push another button. Talking about giving to God what is God's. He says to give. Now, I don't want you to raise your hands for this one because I think that it, it says in the scripture to not let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. So I don't want to see that. But he says, give. Anyone feel good about that? Uh, not really. I mean, I earn what I earn. I like what I earn. And I want to buy what I want to buy. It's not easy to do what he's telling us to do. He tells us to love our enemies. Has anyone ever been hurt and then you have to go and bless them? Someone wrongs you. I say this all the time. Someone steals your laptop, go and buy them a case. Anyone done that recently? So why is there an obedience problem in the church? <laughs> Forgiveness five. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you, before I, I step even further, that shouldn't be an option. If there's something going on, you go resolve it. Amen, church? I'm being serious. You want to change and you want to grow. It starts with that bucket right there. It gets it going and something happens today. So we have an obedience problem. Again, I can point out 20 different things that the church is supposed to do that we epically fail at. And I think it's because it has a following problem. Nick, what do you mean by that? I feel like often we follow the wrong things. Let me give you some scripture. This is in Luke chapter 9. This is Jesus himself talking. Anyone want to be a follower of, of Jesus? Who wants to be a follower of Jesus? <gasps> Great, y'all raised your hand this time. Well done. Here we go. Luke chapter 9. It says this. He was saying to them all, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself. He wants to challenge you to take up his cross daily and follow Christ forever wants to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake this is the one who will save it deny yourself anyone enjoy that again when someone has been wronged you want to take vengeance yourself yeah you plot ways and scheme ways how to get back how to say the right piercing words that just dig Deny yourself. You deny yourself your vengeance. I mean, I can go on like 30 different examples. Take up his cross daily. You know what that means? Like, like do you think Jesus enjoyed that process? Was he giggling? 
Was he like, yes, this is the best. Give me another one. Great on the back. You think he liked that? You think he liked when some soldiers put this crown of thorns on his head? You think he was happy when people divided up his garments and bit on him? Like he's just some stuffed cow? You think he liked that? You think that was fun? And so he's telling you to do the same thing. You think that this is going to be easy? He's going to call you to do some really hard things. He's going to tell you to do some really difficult things. And I think that we have a following problem. We tend to follow our feelings as opposed to his commands. The word explicitly says to not give up meeting as some are in the habit of doing. Well, we just don't feel like it today. Ah, Sunday kids are going wild. I just don't feel like it. Josh asked me to serve in tech. I just don't feel like it today. Ah. making moves second mile Sunday I don't want to give up it was Saturday I don't want to give up my Saturday I don't feel like it really let me ask you what the result would be if Jesus went the didn't feel like it route actually there's evidence he was in the garden he was like "Mm, please if there's any other way to do this thank God he didn't follow the feel like it method So church, we have a feeling problem. And, and today, do you, do you mind if I be really bold? Can I just, can I just come right out of all of us? And I throw me in that picture too because I have the feelings too. That needs to stop right now. I'm not following my feelings. I'm following his commands. And for some reason, the church, and the Western church is absolutely um, uh, bought into this. We love to preach the feel-good messages because it feels good. We don't like to challenge anyone because that would be too hard and they might leave. We don't want to hold anyone accountable because that conversation feels really yucky. And so we forego all these commands for the sake of our feelings. Now in Exodus, when he has those promises, that follow obedience, I'm going to challenge you that obedience doesn't require any feelings. So we have a problem. We have a following problem. You follow your feelings. And then here's the danger. Oh, and then I'm going to get to this. Ah, oh, I can't wait. Then we have a danger where we confuse the feelings for God's word. Or for the Spirit's leading. Oh, the Spirit told me I don't need to serve in this season. What? According to who? According to What? The Spirit told me I don't need to forgive them. What? That's your feeling talking. Be honest. That's your feeling talking. And that honesty I can work with. 
But when you say, and this is one of the hardest things because Christians know it and they don't realize that they know it. They know the manipulation. When they say God said, it ends the whole argument. Oh, God told me to do it. So, well, then I have no room to speak into this. So we use the God told me to do it so as to not allow Nick Miller or Emily Miller to challenge your feelings and you can just duck out and do what you want. Don't give me that. So we have a following problem, and we follow our feelings. I'm sorry, your feelings are not your leader, my friend. It's his commands. But here's the beautiful thing about his commands, and we were in this series uh, a little bit ago. Was it I'm hearing it's different now? I can't remember. Oh, you have a question? Oh, my gosh. I can't see you. Please, John. Yes. Do we have someone? Do we have someone? Uh, uh, Marcus, can you stand back there so I can possibly see if anyone has questions? Okay. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about uh, not serving in seasons, um, but Todd spoke this morning about how anything can be an idol. Uh, can you talk about real quick how uh, in a season where maybe your serving is becoming an idol, like the action of the serving, not the purpose of the serving? Yeah. Just so, to get some clarity so on that. So we're, we're going to be diving into what legalism is. That's essentially what you're talking about. Um, essentially essentially what, what becomes an idol in serving, John, is, is when we say my actions are going to lead to my righteousness. That's when it becomes an idol. So my, my giving is what makes me right with God. No, 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 you're made right through faith alone. But from that place, you say, I'm going to give him everything I've got. Does that make sense? We'll be talking about legalism very shortly. Thank you for touching on that, though. Any other questions? So good. And again, if you have a question, please, okay? So we follow feelings. Here we go. By this, we know that we are children of God. By this, we know that we are children of God. When we love God and follow his commandments. Yes, this is how you know you are of him. When you love him and follow his commandments. For this is the love of God. Oh, let's talk about his love language. His love language is not gushy feelings. His love language is not blah, 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 blah. Oh my gosh, God, you're awesome. No, his love language is obedience to his commands. That's how you express your love to him. But here's the beautiful thing, and I love this last line. His commands are not burdensome. That's the problem, is we get here, and again, M gives this great message, hey, it's time to go and forgive people, and you sit in your chair, and you're like, oh, I can't do that, it's gonna be terrible. When on the other side of this five-minute conversation, or go being personal with yourself, there's so much freedom for you, my friend, but you think it's burdensome, when in actuality, it's freeing. Your feelings, it says in the scripture that the heart is deceitful. Your feelings, my friend. I know it's uncomfortable. Even if you're upset with me, I know it's uncomfortable to come in the front and say, Pastor, I'm upset with you. Come talk with me. It'll be freeing. So then the question comes, do I need to feel good to obey? Ah, Because that's what everyone loves. We want to feel good so that way then we can serve. We want to feel good so then we can give. We want to feel good so then we can do this stuff. Ah, wrong way, my friend. I actually believe it's in the obedience that you'll then feel good. Do you want to know how I know that's true? Again, do I need to feel good to obey God? I want to show you the picture of Jesus, the day, the moments before he was to go up on the cross. Put this up here, please. This is in Luke 22. Jesus withdrew about a stone's throw. I love that. What type of measure? That measure, okay? 
Jesus knelt down and began to pray. Father, if you're willing to remove this cup from me, please do it. Yet not my will, but your will be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him, and being, being in agony. Someone say agony. Oh, was he giggling, having a good time? No, my friends, before he was about to give his last breath for you and for me, he was in what? Agony. Again, thank God he didn't follow the feeling church. He was praying fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood. Just so you know, that's an actual condition. Like, that's an actual thing that can happen. Falling down upon the ground. So no, you don't need to feel good to be obedient. In later, or, uh, in later scripture, I believe it's Philippians or Ephesians, it talks about how he was obedient even unto death on the cross. So you don't need to feel good to be obedient, my friends. You don't need to feel good about this. You don't need the hoorah inspiring message to go be obedient, my friends. The feel good is not what we're after. It's the obedience that we're after. I'll say it like this. Feelings do not lead to obedience. The fear of the Lord does. And then, my friend, the feelings will come after. This is how Paul is in prison worshiping God and having joy while he's in shackles and chains with Silas. Because he was obedient and then the joy came. Sometimes I'm going to make a decision that I don't like. I'm going to follow him and do something that doesn't feel good. I'm going to be commanded to do something that makes no sense to me. But I'm obedient and then the feelings always follow. So can we not be a feeling church? Can you not be a feelings following believer? Now we get to the side note. Side note, the Holy Spirit is not some ethereal feeling. And again, this is where we get it confused and where people misuse and abuse what God told them. Because they're feeling something and they'll say, well, I feel something, so God's telling me to do this. I don't have to forgive. What? I don't have to stop being angry. No, that's not the Spirit of God telling you that. That's your feelings. The Holy Spirit, first of all, is not some ethereal being. He is referred to as a he, so he's a person dwelling within you, given to those who obey. You want evidence of that? First of all, Romans chapter 8 says it like this. Go ahead, you can put this up here. Verse 14. For all those who are being led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons and daughters of God. You're being led by the Spirit of God. You're not, oh my goodness, wait, 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 wait. You are submitting to his authority. He doesn't submit to your feelings of authority. No, no, don't get that equation wrong. You don't command him. He commands you. So don't try to lie and justify your feelings and say, that's God. <laughs> he commands you. He commands me. And then, look at this. This is in Acts chapter 5. Again, uh, the disciples are, are, are preaching and teaching and they start talking about how Jesus died and rose again on the cross. And they say this, we are witnesses of what Jesus did. And so is the Holy Spirit. He was a witness too, whom God has given to those who feel good. Who, whom God has given to those who show up in church every once in a while, do cool things. Write a nice Facebook post. Obey. Obey. 
So please don't get it twisted. We are in submission to the Holy Spirit. I, I, I need to press on because I, I have one last warning before we jump into the Bible portion. You can put this up here. <laughs> here we go. Two warnings. For those who have been Christians for a long time, for those who have been believers in the way, the truth, and the life for a long time, you need to be careful because seasoned believers will let their feelings deflate their fervency. So you jump in. And you, you'll see this happen in church with like a new believer. They'll get hot on fire. I read all the book of Psalms in two days. You go, buddy. I'm with you. They get catch on fire. And then they go through the seasons. And they're doing good. And then something bad comes up. And all of a sudden, after a longevity, maybe you're just getting used to the community. Maybe you're just offended by some people. After a while, you're just kind of bored. You're getting disconnected. Maybe you're chasing money over whatever things. And maybe stuff at home's getting real tight. You got kids now. And that just kind of, you know, makes you not able to do everything you want to do. And then all of a sudden, these seasons come. And after you've been a believer for a little bit, you allow your feelings to deflate your fervency. Don't do that, my friends. And then for those who are new believers, here's a warning to you that you let your feelings drive your fervency. Oh, and the church loves this moment. Because we get new believers, they come in, they jump in, they're hot on fire, we give them no depth, they're completely feeling oriented. Can I give you an evidence that they're completely feeling oriented? This is so easy to map out. When someone new comes in, they often start crying. Do you know why? God, I like that, conviction. Do you know why they start crying right away? Because they're actually being obedient. And there's fruit from being obedient. Their heart starts to soften things start to change within them. And they get this overwhelming feeling, oh my goodness, this is awesome. But if they're not taught the depth and they walk out of this place being hearers only and not doers, what ends up happening is the feeling the other way strikes them and Monday they forget everything that they just experienced. And they fall away. Feelings, if y'all can understand, feelings aren't what we're supposed to follow. Amen, church? Therefore, brothers and sisters, I love this. What I mean by this, and this is so good, Second Peter writes to us, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. In other words, be obedient. Do what the Word says. Make sure that you are who you say you are and you are who God says you are. Saved. Confirm it. For if you do these things, and before this portion, there's like things about obedience and submission and self, um, um, living a good selfless life, all these types of things, knowledge, wisdom in God, you know, uh, uh, the, the goodness of God. It talks about doing all of these things. You will never stumble. You will stay fervent if you stay obedient, not if you feel good. You will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a beautiful promise that is. If you continue on in obedience and in fear and reverence to God, you will not stumble and you will receive a crown at the end. Church, y'all tracking with me today? Yes, Luann, please, go ahead. We gotta give her a microphone right here. Thank you, thank you. I have a question. So what if you're know somebody who's in that place like you've seen signs that they're you know have the holy spirit you think they're saved and then you also see them you know 
mixed up with wrong things and then they turn around look at you and say I don't know if I'm saved mm. what do you tell them yeah so so essentially we do have moments where we make mistakes is anyone perfect here no no but we can we can repent and turn again we talked about it earlier in this series that there is a, an initial repentance that leads to salvation but then there's a daily repentance that you and I have to keep on going on through right like I messed up today God please forgive me and so we have to continue this this heart of repentance and it says in his word that his mercies are new every morning someone can pick up go right there and go for it 100 and so we can encourage believers to get on course but oftentimes that might come with i know you're not feeling it but go for it has anyone ever um you've been away from the bible for a little bit you open up one page and you get nothing from it keep reading the bible you'll feel it soon enough that's what i would tell them how much stronger, here's my last question before we go into Mark chapter 10. Here's my last question. How much stronger would the church be if we prayed for and preached the fear of the Lord over feelings of mankind? How many more believers would we see run that race to the very end? So that's my prayer today. And that's why we're doing this series. That you would continue in the fear of the Lord. Amen, church? Your feelings are fickle. The heart is deceitful. We don't follow those. Amen? Let's jump into it. Mark chapter 10. I want to give you a, a, a brief synopsis before we jump into it. This is about the rich young ruler. And essentially what happens in this account is you and I witness a man's feeling trumps a, man, a man's obedience. He trumps it. A man's feeling trumps a man's obedience. You and I, we can look at this rich young ruler and say, ha ha, that dude's bad and I would never live like that. I would venture to say that you and I have done this way more than we recognize. So, Jesus was setting out on a journey and a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him. Now, I, I want to stop there. I'll, I'll interject a couple times. I think i got to interject like five times. Here we go. A man was there. He came up to Jesus and knelt before him. Have you ever asked the question, why would someone come up to Jesus and kneel before him? Wouldn't that be pretty weird? Just out of the blue. Can I tell you why this man came up to Jesus? Something happened. There was an experience. There was a moment. There was a word that he had received. There was a testimony that he had heard that would say, I need to go talk to this man. This man would only kneel. Please put this up. This man would only kneel before Christ after a moving moment, either heard or experienced. I need to come before Jesus. I need to talk to this Jesus. Something is different about him. So he had an experience. He probably had a good feeling about Jesus. Y'all catching me? So he's like, I need to go talk with this dude. This dude's done incredible things. He's healed people. He's restored people. He's provided. He's a miracle worker. The way he teaches is full of authority. I need to go talk to this dude. There was probably a good feeling. So he goes up. I love this story because... This, I love this account because I think we could just learn so much. And today I pray that there's fresh revelation about the fear of God for each and every person in this room. He came up and he asked him. The man asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, now what would you do if you could get one question answered by Jesus Christ himself? 
I mean, today, and I know we walk with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit communes with us, He talks with us, He teaches us, but it's hard to understand, and sometimes our flesh gets in the way, and we need training to hear, to tune into His voice. Now, imagine if Jesus Christ embodied Himself, was right up here. What would you do to get to the front of that line and say, God, and the questions that we would ask would probably be, um, silly maybe. God, what do I, do I start this business tomorrow? God, do I go after this chickie? I want to be married. God, do I invest in Bitcoin? Think of all the questions that people, honestly, what would you do to have an answer from the creator of the world to answer, what would you do to have the creator of the world answer one of your questions directly, audibly to you like this? You would give an arm and a leg, would you not? To have Jesus right here, you can answer any question. I don't care if there's a line, I'll break all my moral rules, I'll cut everyone. I'll get right to the front of the line. So he asks him a question. What do I got to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus continues. He, he answers him. Why do you call me good teacher? Goes on. Why do you call me good teacher? Because he had an experience with him, right? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You've been through it before. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, I've kept all of these things from my youth. This is where legalism comes in, my brother John. Checking the box is not indicative of the heart posture within you. Checking the box is not indicative of the heart posture within you. And in fact, all of those things are avoid commands. But what about the walk-in commands? What have you done? Not just avoid it. It's, it's kind of simple to avoid the thou shall not murder thing. It's pretty simple. But what about the go and love your neighbor one? about the go and bless those who hurt you one what about the active commands so I'm here to tell you today that checking the box is not indicative of a heart posture and so these boxes being checked is not indicative of the fear of God within this rich young ruler y'all with me church checking the box is not indicative of the fear of God within this young ruler so looking at him Jesus, some other uh, uh, gospels will say he looked on him with compassion. Jesus showed love to him and said, uh, first of all, take a look at that. Jesus showed love to him. True love, not counterfeit love. Counterfeit love would be like, oh, you're good, dude. He showed him true love and told him the whole truth. One thing you lack, go and sell all you possess to give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. The creator of the universe answered his one question. He received, I put it like this, he received the command, church. How easy would this be? God, do I invest in Bitcoin? Yes, you do. Take all your money out of your savings account and go do it. What would you do right now? You take all the money out of your savings account and go do it. God, do I need to marry this woman? Oh, well, yeah, yes, you do. Okay, well, then I'm going to go get a ring. And here we go. I go and do this thing. So he receives the command. He receives the answer. Now the choice comes in to obey or not. And this Reveals this choice of obedience reveals whether the fear of God is with him within him or not. And sad news is, is that the fear of God was not within him. 
the check boxes were not indicative of a true heart that is surrendered to him. This is why the depart from me for I did not know you thing can come into play. Someone say feelings. He was deeply dismayed. He felt. So he receives the answer and his feelings rushed in like a mighty wind and he was dismayed. Feelings. Someone say feelings. 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 He was dismayed. Yes, when God calls you to give everything you've got, you're going to feel dismayed for a moment. But you have the choice to be obedient or not. Feelings won, my friend. Dismayed by these words, he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. Deeply dismayed, I put on my notes, deeply dismayed. I hope you underline that in your Bible. Deeply dismayed. The feelings of man trump the fear of the Lord. Yes, Mike. Uh, how do we find or how do we find joy in listening to the Holy Spirit versus listening to our feelings? Because our feelings often make us feel good, right? Yeah. Sometimes when the Holy Spirit tells us to do something, it doesn't feel good. Right. Um how do, we, how do we find joy in that? I, I, I don't think conviction, I don't think conviction ever starts with joy. I, I, I really don't. Has anyone ever been told they're wrong? Okay, does it feel good? No. Uh, let's say you're learning a trade, Mike, and someone is teaching you things, and that is not how you screw in this wall. And it hurts, and your pride is hurt. I know how to screw in a wall, Rich Miller. Don't tell me how to do this. I'm grown. Things hit you. You're upset. But if you listen, then you put up the wall five times quicker than you ever have. I don't, I don't think that conviction ever really is going to feel super joyful. Now, I, I'm using generalities. Of course, there might be a time in which conviction is met with joy. I, I get that. But, Mike, I, I think the joy is what is yet to come in the fullness. He says, if you follow me, my joy will be made full in you be made full. That doesn't mean that it's going to be full right there. It's going to be made full in you, my friend. So, so this, these corrections are not going to feel good, dude. These commands are not going to feel nice. But the joy will be made full. That's the promise. Does everyone understand that? Conviction's not easy, my friend. Conviction is not easy. So I want to end with this. There's, there's two things, two things. God's commands come in two forms. Very simple. His commands come in two ways. Do or do not. Very simple. I don't know why we overcomplicate these things. Here's a list of do's and do nots. Do not lie. I'll try. Love people. Okay, let's do it. So they come in the form of do and do nots. Here we go. When we hear the word do, I want to wrap up with this, these thoughts. When we hear the word do, you and I need to take a action immediately. Um, now, when I, when I hear that, I, I know some of y'all be saying, well, what about God's timing? Yes, when he says yes, my friends, of course. Do it when he says for you to do it. Be obedient to the T. Um, if you're working for someone and, and they say, write this email this way. Do 
you know what that means? Write the email that way. <laughs> Don't need your personal opinion. Write the email that way and do it by nine o'clock, please. Simple? Does that make sense, everyone? Okay, so when we hear do, we take action immediately. James 1, uh, verse 25 says this, but the one who has looked intently in the perfect law, when you look at his word, when you look at everything that he's written to you, Old Testament, New Testament, when you look at his perfect word, the law of freedom, that's what I love this, because these commands are not burdensome. When you find someone who breaks the commands, they are burdened. But when you find someone who follows the commands, they are free. Let me give you an example. The one who is stealing from a bank is not feeling the joy of the Lord at that moment. They are scared for their life, and then they're going to be disappointed when they're put in jail forever and ever. Amen. It is not a good feeling. So, when you do everything, the law of freedom, and you continue, someone say continue. You continue in it, not having become a forgetful hearer. Hello, please, church, do not become a forgetful hearer, but an active doer. This person will be blessed in what he does. It doesn't say be blessed first and then go do it. It says go do it. Nick, should I give to church? Yes. That's what he says, not me. Nick, should I serve? Yes. Yes. Yes, you should. Be an active doer. And if you hear something from today, and if you've heard any of his commands today, go do them. Even if it doesn't make sense, even if you don't feel good about it, go do it. Go do it. Go do it. And I will also ask you, if you're confused about where, when, how to do it, ask God who gives wisdom generously to all those who ask. God, how do I give to this family in need? Well, maybe it's not a check for $500. Maybe it's a grocery list and you go fulfill it. But go and do it. Amen, church? Go do it. This person, you will be blessed. You will be blessed if you do what his word says. I had a conversation with someone. Oh, yeah, please, Victoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a question right here. Please. Before you get on with your question, I had a person come up to me and say, I was wronged financially. And they said, uh, what should I do? I said, Jesus said, if you're wronged and, and someone steals your cloak or your tunic, give them your cloak also. Go do it. Go ahead, Victoria, please. So I know that we're supposed to put our feelings aside and do yeah. as God commands. but. Yeah. Just like free will, God gave us feelings. So yeah. when are we allowed to listen to our feelings as yes. opposed to just, I mean, obviously, aside, aside from the doing, yeah. when are we allowed to take our feelings into consideration? Yeah, 100%. So I, I, that's, that's such a good question. And the thing that immediately comes into my mind is that as we draw closer to God, our desires, our feelings are more in line with what he feels. Um, so, like, I'll give you an example. Like, instead of hating people, you'll start hating evil right? Like things will come into alignment in a, in a different way. I don't know if that's the exact answer to your question, but your feelings as you follow Jesus begin to change. They really do. Um, I, I will say, I will say that there are, there are fruits of the spirit, which I think get confused with feelings as well. And so like, like, let me give you an example. The Bible never really talks about you being happy. Not really, but it does say you will have joy. And joy does not always mean happiness. It's very different than happy. 
And so I, I feel like sometimes feelings can be counterfeit, but if they're in alignment with the word, then yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Um, but I, I feel that some, more often than not, my feelings are not in alignment with the word of God. I, I love that she asked this question because God did give us feelings. There are times where we rejoice with those who rejoice. We mourn and our heart hurts with those who mourn. And so these feelings are real things, but, but they need to be in alignment with the word of God. Does that answer your question, Victoria? Yeah. Any other questions before we, we wrap up today? Anything else? Great question, and I will talk with you more if you have any questions beyond that. Yeah, who else? Yes, please. Can you just speak a little bit to how obedience uh, correlates to answer prayers? Oh, yes. No, that's, that's, so, that's so good. Um, I, I, there's not scripture really rolling off my head, but I can give you the most simple example. If you say, God, please open up an opportunity for me to provide for my family, that's in alignment with the word of God, right? Ask anything according to his will and it will be given to you. So if you say, I want to be a father to my children and I want to be a husband, and I want to provide like you call me to provide, but you sit playing video games 24 hours a day, that answer prayer ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen. And so what you're going to do is you're going to be obedient to the word. You're going to do these things. You're going to seek out a job. You're going to work hard. You're going to be diligent and disciplined as he says you to be. And that, that reward will follow. But I, I, I'm telling you, a lot of us ask for, for answered prayers when our obedience isn't able to follow. 100%. Thank you for answering. Th or thank you for asking. That's, that's a great one. Yeah. God, please bless my finances. Well, are you giving? I'm sorry, like, I'm being serious. Are you, are you giving? Now, we don't give so that we can be blessed. We give because we're told to give and watch the blessing follow. Thank you for asking that question. Great, great question. Let me move on to this last, last point here. When you hear do not, someone say do not. Do we have any prideful people here in this place? Someone tells me to not touch the button. Guess what I'm doing? Someone puts a door and says do not enter. Well, what's behind the door? What are you trying to keep from me? For those who struggle with do not, you got to cut it out immediately. This is the year of demolishing strongholds. Y'all ready, church? It's been a while since people have put stuff up on that board. Today is the day. What have we talked about this whole time? It's not about feelings. It's about when he says do not do this, we cut it out. Amen, church? So when he says do not be sexually immoral... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm actually going to, can I, can I go in on this? Can I go in on this church? Uh, I promise we're going to be wrapping up. When, when someone said, when the word says to put to death what, what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, all these types of things, no one, no one feels the want to give up pornography. You don't feel it. You might recognize and feel the shame and the guilt, and you might feel some things inside, but nobody wants to give that up. I want to keep doing what I'm doing and diving into what makes me feel happy for a moment. So, newsflash. That stronghold, you're not going to want to defeat it and you're not going to feel like defeating it. Go put it up there today. When it says do not, cut it out immediately. I could never not be angry. I'm an angry person. Cut it out immediately. Cut it out immediately. It's done. Yes, Jen. Please, hold on, hold on, hold on, so that way everyone can hear. Please, let's go. I just want to say, whenever you actually do do that, and because things that you do, even things you're, 
you're not supposed to do, you like doing them. Yeah. Um, but then whenever you fully cut it out and you are obedient to God, you don't want it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. right. That's right. You're, you're, I think believers are waiting for the not wanting it anymore before giving it up. My friend, that equation will not work. And so I don't know what your stronghold is. We talked about it this whole time. I don't know if it's the dollar amount in your bank account. Go put it up right now. I don't know if it's the pornography that you watch secretly every night at 1237 when your wife's asleep. Go put it up right now. I don't know if it's the bottle that you secretly pull out cash from a separate bank account that you've established. Go put it up there right now. I don't know what your stronghold is. Go put it up right now. You're waiting for the feeling. Just cut it out now. That's what he's saying. He's saying, do not do this. Cut it out. Put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. And you're not going to feel good about it. Nobody wants to give up smoking cigarettes. Even those who are wrestling in the mind, nobody wants to give up control. Nobody wants to give up anxiety. Depression is a pit that nobody wants to get out of. Get out of it. Just cut it out now. Be done with it. And let me give you a hint. I put up that Reese's. Someone ate some more of them. You laugh now. I will find out. I didn't want to do it. I did it. And I still wrestle with wanting it. But I'm free. I've been down. I'm down weight. I feel energized. I don't have those cravings. The feeling is coming. Does anyone have a stronghold today? Every hand should be up. Today could be the day. Greatly consider it. It's over. Tell yourself it's done. It says in Malachi chapter 2, I'm not even going to put this up here. It says to resolve, to resolve to honor me. That means that you make a decision, even though I don't feel like it, I'm going to do it. Now, as your pastor, I've had a wonderful ability to be a part of a lot of your life and your conversations, what you go through, what you wrestle with. I know there's a lot of strongholds around this room. I have some myself. Today's the day. You can put up more than one. I love that, Allie. Thank you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you even further. Show yourself that the fear of the Lord is within you. Bigger than your feelings. All scripture is inspired. Yeah, Mike, go ahead. Last, last question. Um, this is more of just an act of obedience. Um, yeah. I've been really struggling with guilt. I mean, we talked about it yeah. like last week. And, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I need to put that up on the wall. Being prompted by guilt in my life and responding to people out of guilt. Hmm. Um, and uh, Romans 8.1 says there's no condemnation in, yeah. for those who belong in Christ yeah, Jesus. Yeah. And I really need to claim that in my life. Yeah. Um, so I, <laughs> I would like to go and put that up there right now. Go do it. Yes. Get a, get a piece of paper. It's up there. Love you, Mike. Yeah, go do it. Go do it. I'm telling you, go be free today. Go be free today. We got we got stuff that can hang anything up. If you got anything, I'm, I mean, I'm talking like pills that you might be relying on, anything. Go put it up there. I'm telling you, my friends, go be free and free indeed. And, and so instead of giving you scripture of things not to do, I want to just show you the broad stroke here. All scripture is inspired by God for being gushy for making me feel great? No, all scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching. Anyone enjoy that? Not really. For rebuking, ooh, and correction, ugh. 
That's what this is for, for training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable and equipped for every good work. And so you're going to find scriptures, do not, do not, do not, do not do this and understand that it is for rebuking, teaching, correction, and training in righteousness. So if you got something that you're holding on to that's a do not, go put it up today. Be done. Be free. Amen, church? One last thing. Bonus, 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 bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fear of God keeps us from lawlessness. The love of God keeps us from legalism. The fear of God will keep you from lawlessness. The love of God will keep you from legalism. I'm sorry I've gone over. I'm over five minutes. Um, the, the fear of God will keep you from lawlessness. The love of God will keep you from legalism. There was, a, there was an account where a woman was caught in adultery and these people wanted to stone her. No mercy. It's over. She's doomed. There is hope for each and every soul and we cannot allow the law to become this stoning session. Now we cannot operate and be lawless, but we need to let the love of God lead us to a place. Amen, church. So it keeps us from this legalism. I'm not serving. I'm not serving because I'm trying to earn my way to God. I'm serving out of my love of God. That's what we're talking about. Amen, church? Now, when they heard this, go ahead. Jesus says, hey, let the person who's perfect throw the first stone. When they heard this, they began leaving one by one, beginning with the older ones. The older ones recognized, oh, Jesus is right. And he was left alone. And the woman where she was in the center of the courtyard. Now, wait, does he just love her and she's just good to go and keep on sinning? Y'all know the answer. No. Straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are your accusers? Where are they at? Did not one condemn you? She said, No, Lord. And Jesus said, I don't condemn you either. I love you too. But go and sin no more. Obedience and love. The fear, or I'm sorry, fear of God and the love of God. They are together. It keeps us from lawlessness and it keeps us from legalism. So out of this message, church, I don't want you to be legalistic or making sure that you're, you're doing the right thing so that God loves you. No, God loves you through faith alone. And it's from that place of love that you're driven to go be obedient to your master. When he says move, you move. When he says cut it out, you cut it out. Amen, church. I want to pray for you all. Let's pray. God, we thank you for um, we thank you for your word that changes us from the inside out. And your commands that are not burdensome but actually give us life. And so help each and every person in this room to follow your word above our own feelings, to follow your commands over our own thoughts and ways. God, if there is anything in anyone that we need to do or to not do, I pray that we would be obedient today out of fear and reverence to the Lord, knowing that there is wonderful things to follow, knowing that when we trust you and do what you say, it leads us to the place that you have designed us to be. And so if there are some hard conversations coming up, if there's forgiveness coming up, if there is giving coming up, if there is if there is laying something down, if there's putting something up on a wall, if there's removing something from my house, whatever it is that it is it literally says in your word that if your right arm causes you to stumble cut it off, whatever it is that we gotta do, God I pray that you would give us a supernatural reverence of you that drives us to complete and total obedience, in Jesus name everybody said I'm hyped today. Y'all feeling it? Yay, excited to be obedient.